Turn in your Bible to the book of Ephesians. While you're turning to the book of Ephesians, let me jump in here and just tell you, we're in the middle of uh, what used to be called 40 Days of Purpose, uh, and uh, we're going through this book right here. And let me just say this. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it uh, with zeal and gusto. If you have not read through this book, you need to read through this book. Now, I don't know any other way to say it than... As your pastor, this will change your life. You say, well, it's just a book. Well, uh, it's a book filled with the principles of God. It's a 40-day devotional that will radically transform your life. And it, and it will begin to answer for you the age-old question, what on earth am I here for? This book is a huge bestseller. This copy says over 32 million sold. That's a lot of books. Okay, and so uh, we're going through it, and uh, we're beginning. I'm beginning uh, week five, five or four, week five, uh, and so uh, it's forty days of devotion, and we're, it, it'll change your life. So I want to encourage you to do that. And even if you're not beginning with us, if you're behind, go through this book. One of the most successful men I know, and that doesn't mean the wealthiest man I know. I'm talking about the most success. How many of you know success is relative? Right? School teachers can be successful, correct? Uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you get what I'm saying. But one of the most successful men I know, most well-rounded businessman and godly man I know, he reads this book every year. And he, every time he sees me he, uh, and we greet each other, he says, you're God's masterpiece. Look at your neighbor and say, you're God's masterpiece. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. So I want to encourage you to do that. We're in the middle of all of this. And so you get this book. It'll change your life. It's changed lives all over the world. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, what on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? And so with that in mind, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, and we're going to talk about the third, uh, really the fourth purpose uh, of, of what we're learning. There's five. Let me go through all five here uh, and kind of bring you up. The first one we talked about is you were planned for God's pleasure. That's called worship. We're, we're natural born worshipers. You were created to bring God pleasure and worship is more than a song service. Tell somebody worship is more than a song service. In fact, some people think the songs are actually split up into different types. Those are the praise songs, and then these are the worship songs. They're all worship songs. Uh, in fact, our life is to bring glory and honor to God. I shared with you a few weeks ago that we worship God and we please God with our ways and then with our words. You know, our words bring honor and glory to God, but if our, and that's all developed within, within our heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, if you just worship Him with your words, but your ways don't bless Him, you're, you're, you're hypocritical. We're hypocritical. And, 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 and if you worship Him with your ways, it will be made manifest by your words. And so, uh, we're created to worship God. Number two, we're formed for God's family. That's called fellowship. We talked about that, connecting with the family of faith. That's one part of what Sunday Circles is all about. It's what Wednesday night is all about. In fact, on Wednesday night, we're going, you'll be going through, uh, added resources about what I'm about to share with you today. Even if you've missed last, uh, the last couple of Wednesday night, 
be here. I'm telling you, Wednesday night's been off the chain cool. And so as we discover what on earth are we here for, uh, and we're here to fellowship, be part of the family of faith. And fellowship is much more than, than fried chicken and dinner on the ground. It's connecting with one another relationally, and we need one another. Look at your neighbor and say, we're better together. We really are better together. In fact, what our first uh, 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 of our fourfold purposes and callings here at Church on the Rock that God spoke to us a number of months ago, uh, uh, we're called to gather. We're supposed to, we're, we're supposed to get together, not just to, you know, ha- hang out and high five, but to grow together. So we're, we're, we're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. We're called to fellowship. Uh, and then we also learn we're created to become like Christ. That was last Sunday. That's called discipleship, becoming more like Him. How many of you know we were created in the image of God, right? Uh, but sin came and distorted that image. And from that point, Jesus began or God began to develop a plan to bring God and man back into right relationship with one another. That's called the gospel. Uh, and so we'll talk about that a little today as well. Uh, but He wants us to become more like Him. We call that discipleship or spiritual maturity. And then today, in just a moment, we're going to talk about this aspect of our purpose. We're shaped for serving God. That's called, everyone say ministry. Ministry. We all have a ministry. And then next Sunday, uh, and then that next week, we're going to cap it off with you were made for a mission. That's called evangelism. To, to communicate and to, and to expand the kingdom of God in the earth. Let, you want me to give you where we're going in January? Let me just give you where we're going in January because before you know it, it'll be Jan 1. Christmas will be over. I don't want to be, you know, humbug here. But Jan 1, we're going to begin to, to grow in Christ together and, and, and begin to share the, our story begin to learn to share our story that is his story. How many of you know his story affects our story? And thank God for his story. And, and, and so we're going to begin to evangelize our friends and family in very interesting and unique and simple ways uh, and make a difference in the world. It is our mission to communicate God's love to all the world. And everybody said... Amen. With that in mind and that introduction, let's pray together for a moment and ask God to open our hearts. Lord, thank you today for the Word of God. Lord, help us understand why you made us and created us. Help us embrace the purposes of God for our life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You were shaped for serving God. That's called ministry. And in Ephesians chapter 2, if you're there, I would love for you to be there. Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 10, one of my long-time memorization verses, I memorized this years ago, uh, and uh, I love what it has to say. Could we read it out loud together up on the screen? Everyone, Ephesians 2.10, for we are His workmanship. Come on, now, let's start over. Give me some volume here. Ephesians 2.10, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Read it again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, God's predetermined plan. You see, you're not just, God didn't just, just happen, haphazardly, you know, scatter creation dust all over the universe and just haphazardly create 
you. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. You are not an accident. You are not here just to take up space. God has a plan for your life. He created you. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. In fact, Psalm 139 says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, uh, and his purpose for you or one of his purposes for you is so you could do good works to serve and to help and to be his hands extended in the earth today. Before time began, he had that planned for you. It's called ministry. It's called service. In fact, uh, in the in the New Testament, you see this. Oh, let me, well, before I get, I got ahead of myself. I want to read this verse to you in the New Living Translation. This is where my friend uh, uh, got this. You're God's masterpiece. The New Living Translation says, "For we are God's masterpiece." Everybody say, "I'm God's masterpiece." We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so we're God's masterpiece. Say it again. I'm God's masterpiece. He created you. You're the only you that he has ever made or ever will make. And man, you're unique. You're special. Everybody say, I'm special. You see, I heard someone say this years ago and I, it's bad English, but good preaching. He said, I'm me and I'm wonderful. Because God don't make no junk. Everybody say, I'm me and I'm wonderful. Because God don't make no junk. You're not an accident. And, and, And though that's bad English, that's good preaching. God created you. You are his masterpiece. And the reason he made you is so he could work through you. You, he worked on you and in you so he could work through you. Can you get that with me? If you got that with me, say amen. And so we're about, we should be about the business of discovering and developing our unique shape, how God made us. And, and once we learn our shape and how God made us, then we can begin to serve God and His family. You were created to serve Him. Amen. And so let me just throw you this thought out about your shape and, and, and the service that God has for you. When you look in Scripture, this is where I about got ahead. When you look in Scripture and you see these two words of, of many different types uh, that reflect ministry and service, they're basically synonymous. Ministry and service are basically synonymous in Scripture. In fact, they are. And so... So serving God is ministry. Ministry is serving God. And you were shaped by God to serve him and his family. This is one of your five purposes. And we've got to embrace that. You've heard, how many of you have heard the phrase, when you think of the word minister, what do you think about? Me. You know, Billy Graham, those ministers, right? You got it, you know, oh, who, who is so, oh, he, well, he's a minister. He's the minister. That's his, pro, we're not talking about the profession of, of pastoral ministry or evangelists. Let me just say it this way. We are all supposed to be full-time ministers. There are no such things as part-time ministers. There's only one type of minister, and that's full-time ministers. And we're all should be full-time ministers. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you're a full-time minister. You're supposed to be. We should all be full-time ministers. Here's what Rick Warren said in The Purpose Driven Life. Or in, what on earth am I here for? He says, your shape 
In fact, we'll see in a moment that's a, an acrostic that we've used for years here at Church on the Rock to help us understand our ministry and our gifting and our gracing uh, and then get us plugged into ministry. He said, your shape reveals your ministry, but your servant's heart will reveal your maturity. Your shape reveals your ministry, but your servant's heart reveals your maturity. He puts those two thoughts together. Uh, service and ministry, they go together. You see, with ministry without a heart of, of servanthood is, 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 is a mess. It's religious. But in our ministry, we've got to become servants. And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, I want to talk to you about maturing in the ministry that God made you for, growing up. But in, in fact, uh, how many of you know we just need some good old know-how? Well, if I just knew how, let me just say something to you about knowledge. There's, there's, there's a lot of different types of knowledge. There's some head knowledge. In fact, the, a lot of times we get so much head knowledge. In fact, I think scripture says something like this, knowledge puffs up. You know, if you just, it's all about how much you know and, and you know, and man, I'm smart and I got all the facts and figures. Uh, that's not what you need those things, but that's not, uh, we need to, to know some things in our heart of hearts that will change who we are and how we serve people in the earth. And in fact, here's another one concerning knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And the reason many people don't serve and help is because they lack the know-how. And let me just say this, they lack the heart, maybe lack the heart. Did you know in the world, a lot of people come to church to be served? In fact, today, you're going to be served. I'm serving you the Word of God, and I'm helping you, hopefully helping you. But understand something, that's the wrong way of looking at it. We come to church and we interact in the world and we embrace who we are because uh, we, we weren't created to be served. It's fun to be served. How many of you love to go somewhere and you have great service? We went to a neat restaurant the other day. I won't make any mention anything with some friends. And it was great service. It was a great atmosphere. It was a great ambiance. The food wasn't so great. It wasn't, a, it, it didn't, I, they didn't knock it out of the park with the food, but every, the service was wonderful and we loved interact. I love to be served. I love all that stuff. That's fun. But I want to tell you who we are is servants. Our servant's heart, Rick Warren, again, your shape reveals your ministry, but your servant's, your servant's heart will reveal your maturity, where you are. And so we need to mature in the area of our ministry and to get some know-how. And so this morning, I want to give you some ministry know-how, some, some servant's heart know-how. Are you with me? Take notes this morning if you can. Write it down. The first one I want you to see this morning in order to help you begin to plug into who you are in Christ and the servant's heart that God is looking for, the first thing you need to know is your maker. How many of you have heard one day you're going to meet your maker? And if you're going to meet your maker, you better have known your maker. How many of you know you better know him before you meet him? But from the context of where we're at this morning, you need to understand. In fact, if you go back to Ephesians 2.10, guess what? We are His workmanship. It means we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Him. In fact, here's, and, and here's what you need to know. In fact, what did it say in that other path, that, that New Living Translation? We're His masterpiece. We're not our masterpiece. 
You're not smart enough to create you. He created you, you and he made you. Uh, uh, he is our maker. In fact, I love what Psalms 100 verse 3 says. It says this, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Think about that. If you're going to be a servant in God's house, you got to understand something. You're not in charge. He's in charge. He made you. He, you belong to him. He's the Lord. He's the king. He's the boss. He's our creator. He's our maker. Here's what it says in Isaiah 64, verse 8. But know, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are potter. And we are the work of your hand. You created us. He created us. Now, he, I love this totality of this verse in 64, Isaiah 64. He, he begins with, you're our father. How many of you know our father created us? Our father created us and he is the potter and we are the clay. He shaped us with his own hand and, and we belong to him. And if you and I are going to be successful and grow in ministry and service to God, you got to realize that you, he's the, he is our father and we are his children and we are his servants. He created us to serve and he saved us through the blood of Jesus to serve him and his family. Amen. That's who we are. And so if you're going to ministry know-how, you got to know, you got to know that. I'm not talking about know it here. This is the kind of know-how. I, I know it right here. This is who I am. I'm a creation of God. God created me and he made me. He shaped me. And the reason he made me and shaped me is not just to set me on his trophy case and say, well, look at there. He created me with a purpose. My maker made me for a mission and for a purpose in life. Are you with me? Say amen. You got to know your maker. Number two, some ministry know-how. You got to not only know your maker, but here's where Rick Warren comes in. You got to know your makeup, your unique shape that God shaped you in. In fact, go back prior to the fall. Go back to Genesis 1. You know what the Bible says? Everybody say, you know what the Bible says? Somebody say, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says this. That we were all made in the image of God. And in the image of God made he us, male and female. He made us. We all are in the image of God. Now, uh, he's not talking biologically. You know that. Our, we're body, soul, and spirit. And we, if we had time, we would, we would go back down that road a little bit. Uh, but what happened in the garden? What happened? Sin entered in and, and undermined and polluted and diluted and, 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 and messed us up and we lost ourselves. We got lost in sin and we are no, we're, we were created in the image of God, but now because of salvation that has come, God is in the process. Uh, and this is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with, with, or last week in the area of discipleship to get us back into the right image where we were created to be in God's image. And so, when we understand that, okay, we embrace that truth that God created us. Psalm 139, you don't need to turn there, but I encourage you to write it down and look. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we all have a special shape, a unique shape. And this is the acrostic that Rick Warren for years has shared. I just think it's awesome. And here it is. And this is what you'll learn this week in your discipleship uh, uh, and your process going through uh, uh, what on earth am I here for? You're going to begin to see this acrostic S. 
of shape stands for your spiritual gifts. God has gifted us all in unique ways. And he has gifts for us. To, to, that, that we, and, and we are have gifts, and we need to discover those gifts and begin to operate in the gifts. My primary gift is one of exhortation. I, I, I just, that's who I am. I'm not uh, super gifted in a whole lot of areas. In fact, I'll never forget what, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, John Maxwell, uh, he teaches a lot of leadership principles and he told his wife one day, he said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean up my world and I realize I'm only gifted in about five areas. There's only five things I do well and I've been trying to do too much and I'm gonna fine tune who I am and I'm only gonna do those five things. And she very humbly said, well, John, what are those five things? And so he shared with her in detail those five things. He said, I'm just gonna limit myself to these five things and these are the five things I'm good at. And she said, can I be honest with you? And he said, well, sure. He said, well, John, you're really only good at about three of those. You need to keep working on your list. And I think that's what we all need to do, discover who we are in the spiritual gifts. The letter H is our heartbeat or the passion of our life. All of us have things that we're passionate about. And God, you know, if, as a Christian, you ought to be passionate. And you'll learn how, how to take your passion and realize that, that you know, and my passion is not your passion. And your, uh, your passion is not my passion. Uh, and just because my passion is not your passion doesn't mean your passion or my passion are less important to God. But when we all come together as the family of faith and we we all work together in the gifts and the passion that God's given us. God's kingdom comes and his, his kingdom grows and the church grows. And so we need to discover who our makeup, our spiritual gifts, our heartbeat, what we're passionate about. The letter A stands for our abilities. All of us have unique abilities that God has given us. Some of them uh, you were you were created with. Some of it you've developed just by, uh, by you know, interest and so on and so forth. We all have abilities. There's some things I can do well uh, that that you can't, some things that you can do well that I can't. We get our abilities working together uh, and you got to know your abilities. And then the letter P is your personality. Look around you today. All of us have different personalities, right? We're not all the same. Wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same personality? And let me just say to you this, fuddy-duddy is not a personality trait. Sourpuss is not a personality trait. Some of you have negative things in your life and you just, well, it's who I am. It's my personality. How many of you know fear and doubt is not a personality trait? Are you with me? God, hey, man, if you got Jesus, oh, come on now, I'm going to get up, throw this pulpit. You got Jesus in your heart. You ought to be the, the most personable, happy person on planet earth. Could, could I get a better amen? I'm going to stand up on that one. Some people, and, and they're, now, there are different personalities. How many of you know not everybody has an outgoing, gregarious personality? Some people do. I, just what, who I am. When I was in youth ministry, they called me Mr. Fun. You just ask my grandkids. It's still there. I move a little slower, but we're still fun. I remember as a kid, uh, I, when my kids were kids, I scared my wife to death. One day we were up in Oklahoma somewhere, and I slammed on the brakes, pulled over to the side of this little mini mountain. And Beverly said, what are you doing? I said, we're going to climb a mountain today. She went, oh, my kids went, yeah. People have different personalities, and God wants to move through your different personalities. Boring is not a personality trait. Are you with me? 
And God wants to unlock who we are and the personality and use it for His glory. It's how He made us. We're all different and unique. The letter E is experiences in life. You put these things, we all have different experiences. How many of you know God will use your painful experiences to help you be a servant in the house of God? In fact, the scripture teaches this, that he takes those painful experiences that we've gone through and as we process through them, he will use them in us and through us to help other people who are going through those same painful experiences. He causes all things to work together for good. And so under understand something about being the servant and the minister that God, you're a full-time minister, remember? You've got to, you need to know how, you need to understand who you are. What are my gifts? What's my heartbeat? What are my abilities? What's my personality? What are my life experiences? And put them in a big blender and blend them all up and say, here I am, God. Use me however you want to use me. This is who I am. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, I'm excited about serving you today. Are you with me? Say Amen. You gotta know your maker. You gotta know your makeup. And number three, uh, some ministry know-how that we're made for. You gotta know your maker's motives and his motivation in life. You see, he made you and he has some motivation. He has some reasons he made you and he has some reasons that he's what motivates and moves him. Let me show them to you quickly. Uh, hey, God and Jesus, they're, they were motivated by compassionate care and love for people. In fact, Matthew 9, 36, it says this about Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is motivated. God is motivated in this world in ministry out of his love for those. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if your maker is motivated by love... He made us in his image and that ought to be the same motivation we have. We're here because people need Jesus. People need to know God and we love them enough to serve them and to help them. Listen, people don't care how much that you know until they know how much you care. And it's time for us. Listen, it's time for us. Somebody say, what time is it? It's time for us. To unlock the, the love of God in our life. In fact, the Bible says, if you say you love God and you don't love your brethren, you're a, you're a liar and a, and the truth is not in you. And it's time to love, isn't it? It's time that we get the, the maker's motivation moving through us. He was motivated by love. He was also motivated and he's motivated by sacrificial service. I love Matthew 20 verse 28 about Jesus. It says this, Jesus, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And here's the next part. And to give his life a ransom for many. Let me ask you this question because understand something about servant's heart. It's all about sacrifice. It's all about giving my life for the sake of something. How many of you have, you know, someone who's actually given their life on the battlefield of life for the, in the service of their country? People, Veterans Day, uh, and, and, and then, then there's Memorial Day. Memorial Day is when we honor those who laid down their life as, as, as a sacrifice for our nation. And, and listen, Jesus was the, was, was among the first who willingly laid down their life. He laid down his life and it says he, he didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life 
a ransom for many. That's the motivation that if you're going to have the heart of God, if you're going to be in the image of God, you and I have to get that motivation. I'm here. It's not about me. So everybody say, it's not about me. It's about those who need Jesus. And that's the, that ought to be the motivation of our life, motivated by the love of God. In fact, uh, the, the scripture says God's love compels us. I'm compelled because of the love of God to lay down my life as a sacrifice for him. And then the third motivation that, that God uh, is motivated by, it's the motivation of transformation. And this 2 Corinthians 3.18 passage says this, that the Spirit of God is working in us, and it says we're, we're changed or transformed even by the Spirit of the Lord back into his image. See, that's the reason he came. I told you about that just a few moments ago. Because our image was distorted. Sin messed us up. We were all sin sick. And Jesus came, died on a cross, paid a great price so he could get us back as his, as his children and as his, his family and began the process. That's called sanctification. We talked about that in this life, the process of transformation, getting us back into the image of Christ and getting us back on track with who we are. And the spirit of the Lord will help us. That was last week. I'm telling you, God has a plan. And listen, God wants to use us to help people get on track with his purpose, God's purpose for their life and introduce them to Jesus who laid down his life who God said he gave his only son because he loved the world. Jesus laid down his life as a living sacrifice so they could be born again and begin the process of transformation and coming back into the image of Christ. And then the Bible says, as we talked last Sunday, that one day when we stand before him, that's when this whole process will be over. And when we see him, we will be like him for we'll see him just as he is. You see, if you're going to be a servant and an able-bodied minister, a full-time minister. You need to know how, you need to know your maker. You need to know your makeup, your shape. And you need to know the motivation that God has for all of us. It's a motivation of love. It's the motivation of sacrifice. And, and, and we need to wake up in the morning and go, who needs the love of God today? Who do I need to help today? What do I need to put and say less of me and more of you? And, and to put my, my, in fact, uh, here's what Philippians says. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. I'm not here about to be, to be blessed. I'm here to be a blessing. Then you need to know the maker's mindset, how he thinks. Turn to Philippians 2. Let me show you this. We're about done. Just hang tough. Philippians 2, I want to read this for you. Philippians 2, Paul the apostle said to the Philippian church, he said this in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a what? A bondservant. Someone say bondservant. Taking the form of a bondservant, it says this about him, and coming in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Paul said, the way Jesus thinks about it is the way you and I need to think about it. I'm a servant. 
In fact, Rick Warren in the, in the Purpose Driven Life or the What on Earth Am I Here For, he says something like this. He said, we all think we're servants until someone starts treating us like one. I mean, if you know, it's a different story. But that's who we are. We're servants. I have an opportunity, by the way, in the next few weeks uh, to, 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 to say no to my flesh and no to my, my own will and way, and I won't go into the detail, but I looked at this opportunity that is before me. I said, you know what? I'm going to just do this as a servant. My heart is one of service to some people. I'm just going to serve. This is who I am. I choose to be a servant because it says about Jesus, he took the form. He made himself. It's a choice. And we need to wake up every morning and say, you know what? I'm a servant. Who can I help today? And then number five, we need to know the master's message, the maker's message. And that message, oh, and there's a lot of places, but if you go back to that sacrificial service verse where it says, the son of man did not come to serve, but to be served and give his life a ransom for many. Someone say ransom. You know what a ransom is, don't you? Best understood in the Mindset, mindset of a kidnapper. You you know, people kidnap people and then they offer them back if someone would pay the ransom. You see, here's where all of us were. We are all enslaved to sin. And Jesus came to pay the ransom. He paid a ransom with his own blood. So we could be born again. That's the message. He gave his life a ransom for many. You see, we best serve our Savior when we share with others the reason he arrived. He was born to die, to pay the ransom, and to deal with the sin problem that separated us from him. That's the gospel. And we need to know the gospel. That's what we need to know. We need to know the message. Jesus died for my sin. He paid a great price on Calvary's cross. He was hung up for my hang-ups. This is why I belong to Jesus is because I chose to believe the message. And I've got to know this message. Listen, people won't get to heaven because you help them mow the grass. People won't get to heaven because you painted their fence for them. Those are all noble things. But those are ways and means to get to them so you can share with them the message. And if you want to serve your world and serve your Savior, you got to share the message. Jesus died for our sins. Paid a great price. So all of humanity, that includes you. Could be born again. See, the Bible says we're dead in our sin. Spiritually dead. But Jesus came and he died for us. He paid for our, He paid the ransom to set us free from sin. The Bible says if we believe that, Romans says, 
If we confess Jesus as our Lord, that means the one in charge of our life, and believe in our heart, that's that know, that's that heart knowledge. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead because, see, he not only died for us, but he rose again so we could have a new life. That's called the gospel. That's the message. Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father except through And what we need to understand in our service to God and our full-time ministry that the reason we're here in the first place and the reason we have a full-time ministry is because people need Jesus. People are lost. They're all around us on their way to a devil's hell. Separated from God. Well, they may be smiling on the outside, but believe me, it's camouflage misery. you and I have the message you see we're saved to serve God shaped us for service and our best service of God to God and his church is by sharing his message let's stand up today I want to pray for you and I want to pray for all of us and you may be here today listen carefully as we bow our heads close our eyes for just a moment I want you to ask yourself a question I want everyone to ask themselves a question young and old together children listen carefully just for a moment listen to me ask yourself do I know for sure that Jesus lives in my heart do I know for sure that I've allowed him to be the Lord and the leader of my life do I know for sure that if I died today I'd go to heaven listen carefully everyone Young and old need to know the answer to that question. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you can say, Pastor Sam, I just don't know for sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I just want to get that straight. I want to know that I know that I know him. I want to belong to him. I want to be on my way. I want to have a a heart knowledge that I, if I died today, I'd be in heaven with Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, people stay with me just a moment. If that's you today, you can say, Pastor, I just need to know for sure. I need to get this settled. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me, I just want to know for sure that Jesus Christ is the Lord and the leader of my life. If that's you and you have a question mark about eternity, lift your hand wherever you are and I want to pray with you. Anyone just lift it up. I have a question mark about eternity. I see those hands, young and old together. You can put them back down. We're about to pray a prayer together. And if you lifted your hand, young and old, together, the Bible says if you call unto him, he'll answer you. In other words, if you pray, he hears. We're going to pray a prayer that some call the prayer of salvation. If you pray it from your heart, remember Romans said, you got to believe this from your heart. It's not a religious thing you do. It's, it's a relationship you begin by trusting and relying upon Lord. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me, especially you that lifted your hand, young and old together. Let's pray this prayer together. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for giving up your life so I could have new life. Thank you for the shed blood. I believe you did that just for me. 
And thank you, Lord, that you not only died for me, but you rose again so I could have a new life too. I put my trust in you. I believe you did that just for me. I accept what you've done for me. And I invite you into my heart and life. I confess you as the Lord and the leader of my life. And from this day forward, I will always serve you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, young and old together, guess what? You are now part of the family of faith. You belong to Jesus. You're on your way to heaven, and we welcome you into the family of faith. And I want you to just clap. Let's all clap our hands and thank God for those who prayed that prayer today.